And I was like, I'll do it if you pay me because I didn't want to be in the band. And then the EP came out and it was like pretty well received. And like I had a good time hanging with those dudes. So we, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll still play. This is cool. Okay, and then so you're we got, a studio drummer to start out with. I was trying to be, yeah. Like, <laughs> so I, I think I told like, give me 50 bucks to play on fucking five songs. Dude, bag secured. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> Welcome to the 120th episode of the Casa Ins Creation. I'm your host, Chris Deering. This is the show where I interview bands and public figures from the Mathcore, Mathcore adjacent communities. Uh, you may know my guest today from Invalids and In Angles. He's also the owner of Choke Artist. Welcome in, Joe Scala. How's it going? Good, dude. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for being here, man. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for uh, asking me. This is fun. Yeah. I like uh, so... What are you involved in right now? What kind of projects? What do you have going on right now? Um, like musically, I would say I'm in four active bands. I'm always like kind of fucking around and jamming with friends and trying to make stuff. But four bands that are like at least having an album out and like play shows semi regularly. Uh, Invalids, which is like a math rock band, right? Started as a computer band. Like li it's literally all ran on Tabit and we learn. The parts from a computer it's it's pretty wonky uh in angles which is um post-hardcore progressive post-hardcore with like math rock influences uh and like pop punk influences then i'm at like two ska bands too one's the best of the worst which is ska core if you've ever heard like the band folly it's almost like if like yeah dude so like think like <laughs> fucking mall metal breakdowns and like literally like early 2000s breakdowns because like it's it's uh it's a band that I write the music for and me and the people in the band, we all grew up going to hall shows with metalcore and we all love ska punk too. So think like literally combining like from autumn to ashes with like saves the day and like a ska band too. So like something like that with horns kind of, Oh, uh, it's fucking dope, man. I was listening to it earlier today, actually. Oh, thanks dude. Yeah. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. And then I play, I sing in uh so those bands I all drum in, and then I sing in a, ska punk band called thirsty guys and that's oh, like just singing it dude oh man i wanted to check that one out dude. i i didn't know you were in that one until uh, we it was right before we started this one i also would have checked it out um oh, yeah. b dowdy and chat says joe just want to reinforce that inv invalids absolutely rips and it fucking does i don't know how the hell you keep up with the drums with the way the drums are on uh on that ep it's fucking insane you were just in it for the ep right it's all you've done with them so far right yeah. Yeah. So up until that point, it was all program drums. And then that EP fulfillment was the first thing with like the live band lineup recording. Cause it's music that Pete Davis writes all, like I was saying on the computer, right. there's a new LP coming out with like the spring this year. And that's fucking 10 songs instead of five. And it's like, it was so much, I was telling you before we started, but it, dude, it was like one song a month. Like literally I would sit, at a drum pad and behind a kit, like just watching TV with the subtitles on and just like learning the songs. <laughs> but it, it like most songs took 12 to 18 hours to learn. Let's say like another like six to record. So it, it was, it was fucked up. That's insanely impressive with how like technical that was. At least the EP was really technical. I'm sure it's carrying on into the album. Uh, have you announced that album yet? Or did you just announce it here? Why? That, that's a cast that ends creation exclusive. All baby. Right, you guys Woo! heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. uh we also got ignis farster in chat that is stoked on the new in angles album it is fucking dope it is dope. oh yeah thanks uh, josh hell yeah let's go back to the beginning how did you get into music what made you want to start making music um probably in like fourth grade uh like a blink the blink 182 mark tom and travis show 
live album hearing Travis Barker. I always like music. My parents like listening to a lot of disco. My mom took me to see Aerosmith in second grade. You know, <laughs> fucking rock and roll. <laughs> nice. Uh, but yeah, like I got, I got into like alternative and punk music, like when I was like nine or something and would always like buy CDs whenever I could. And then, uh, well, that was my next question was what was the first album that you bought? Yo, if, if we're not counting like, like weird Al, Alapalooza in the second grade or like big Willie style, then I I think, uh, remember the band lit my own worst enemy. I've heard the name before. I don't know if I've ever listened to them. (laughs) It's like '90s alternative. Probably I heard it on the radio or something. It sounds dude. Like please tell me why. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, dude. That made me just love songs about like being a fuck up. That was like the the core of music of that time. It was like I'm a fuck up, but maybe the girl will still like me, you know. And like movies too, but like that got me hooked into like counterculture, underdog, alternative music, and then. You know, just having friends get into metalcore and ska and shit. So, and what was the first? Oh, I guess the first concert you attended was Aerosmith, right? Yeah. <laughs> what about the first like scene concert? So there's a there's a there was an all ages venue in New Jersey called Birch Hill. It's not there anymore. Most venues aren't there. Period. But um, it was a ska show. It was like Catch Twenty Two, Big Dean, the Kids Table, Mustard Plug. Uh, this band Folly, which dude, if you haven't heard Folly, they're like fucking like, I don't want to say Dillinger because like uh, you can probably think of a better mathcore band, but it's like breakdowns, like angular shit and then Scott and like then like champion-esque punk hardcore, like melodic hardcore, but they're, uh, that was the first show I ever went to. Yeah. Can I be honest with you? I haven't heard ska music until I started looking into you. And your your bands are the first Scott bands I've listened to. They're fucking dope. I'm really into that. Oh, I, I gotta find more stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely check out Folly because it's like it's like a metal. It's a hardcore album for sure. But then there's like ska parts sprinkled in, but like it's it's really good shit. Yeah. Um. So uh, when did you start getting into bands? Uh. So I think once I started listening, like once I got a drum set when I was like nine. And I uh, was listening to a lot of Blink-182 and I just kept bugging my friends like, hey, let's start a band. Hey, let's start a band. So I think so that that Blink album is a live album, too. So like they just all seem so cool to me because they're like telling dick jokes in between tracks. <laughs> um, so I like kept bugging my one friend. He um, had his parents had a guitar. We played a coffee house in the sixth grade. Dude, uh, Brain Stew by Green Day. Do you know that song? Dan it. Dan it. It's it was in the Godzilla. No, but I don't really remember. Yeah, it's like alternative punk, but um, it's bullshit. He played with the auto guitar strap, sitting down with the mic going to him, all clean because we didn't know what distortion was. It it was it was rough, and then we started like a pop punk band after. Did you uh, make any money at the coffee shop? No, it was like a middle school (laughs) thing. I spray painted my hair green, dude. My parents drove me. I was like eleven or twelve. Like yeah, we wanted to be dude because like that was like <laughs> punk at the time. It was like we were sold this idea of punk rock that was like, look at us, kid. Like we got spiked hair, you know, like Green Day and fucking like Good Charlotte and stuff. Like, I thought that stuff was so cool. And now like I'm older, I'm like you know. Yeah, I had a, my punk phase at the time. At a time too, uh, I was really into like more of like the hardcore punk type of stuff, more like Dead Kennedys that type of shit, man. Hell yeah! Well, now I can appreciate this. I think that stuff has stayed has more staying power over time. Mm. 
because it's like at least relevant, like more relevant politically. And like, and it's at least grittier. And like, I don't know, I can listen to that shit, especially like never getting into it. I can be like, this is kind of cool. I get it. And it's like fast and aggressive. Yeah. No, like a no effects is a great one too, man. Like, yeah, yeah dude. no effects rocks. So uh, when did you start like taking being a musician seriously? I would assume it's uh, best of the worst when you started that one. And, or I don't know if you started it, but when you were in it. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I've always wanted to do bands, and I don't know if I've ever taken any of them seriously enough. So. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to put out albums and like play music with my friends and tour. Um, I don't know if I ever saw any of this as like career. It'd be cool, sure. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, it kind of seems like you have a career starting at least. Like, yeah, but dude, it seemed like that for seven years. I can't keep. <laughs> Yeah, my hopes up, you know. So I have a job. Like I'm a teacher. I'm a music teacher during the day. Oh and yeah. Then I, after school, I like you know I rock out. We'll blow off some steam, you know. So like you're a uh, uh, like a middle school teacher. Or what, what do you teach exactly? Uh, elementary school. Elementary school. Okay. So they yeah. don't even really have instruments at that point. It's more like a choir kind of thing. Or no, they play. We do instrumental. So violin, really? clarinet, saxophone. Yeah, really? Wow fourth grade for band and then like all the string instruments they can start in third grade so they get pretty good in, in two or three years they get good dude like they get crazy. better than me. i remember yeah. back when i was going to school uh you didn't get an instrument until you were in sixth grade i chose trumpet and i was terrible at it <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah back in the day it used to be at the wait a little bit but we, we started pretty young actually a kid today i have like a youtube channel that i'll post covers or like songs on and i wrote a punk song it's on my youtube and i curse in it and it came to my class today. It was like, I found your YouTube. You say the F word in it. You should take that down. And I was like, you're probably right. Like, <laughs> don't tell anyone else about it, please. <laughs> well, I was going to ask, do, you, do your kids know who you are? So I guess they do to some extent. I used to tell, because I'll like help out at the, our high school sometimes with like drumline shit. I used to tell them, not tell them, because I feel weird plugging my band new kid, but I would show my fifth graders like uh, YouTube videos of me. And then they would like, be smart enough to search my name and then like kind of find it. But um, I don't know. I don't have the best internet track record as far as like, they could probably find something kind of, I don't know. I don't want to get fired. <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha. But they don't yeah. know like invalids or uh, any other stuff. They've seen videos. They don't, I don't think they're so young that it's like, even them understanding like what a band is. Like they know what like Bruno Mars is, but like when you play in a band, but you're not on TV, like, Oh, you have 3000 views. Are you famous? Like, they don't, there's like a, you know, they're, they're figuring out the world still. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I guess as far as taking stuff seriously, um, I'm still, it's honestly still, and I'm not trying to sound like anything, but it's honestly still something like I was, I take doing band seriously. It's all I do, but like, that's literally all I've ever thought about. Like since I was in high school, like, so I guess the best of the worst would be the best answer. Cause that was the first band where it was like, Let's record an album. Let's fucking tour. Let's try to play with the bands we look up to and just have fun, you know? Hell yeah. How'd you get all that stuff together? Were you like a founding member or? Yeah, it's uh, through marching band. And, uh, oh, really? <laughs> okay, okay. There was like a good metalcore scene in our town. So we were all going to VFW hall shows and stuff like in our area of Jersey. And then I played in a metalcore band at the time, Marlo Misha, that like, you know, we were at the VFWs, like playing good shows and stuff. So like we wanted to, and we, we all love Scott too. Like the, me and the best of the worst members. So we were just like, fuck it. Let's start a band and play breakdowns, but also Scott. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. That's fucking sick. Thanks, uh, Lefty Zach. Um, I guess he's a teacher too. Uh, he teaches high school jazz band says, uh, Joe for real. I played them invalids at lunch. Ha ha ha. 
So, dude, that's uh, it. Yeah, it's fucking awesome, man. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yeah, it's like, because it is kind of jazz, I guess, is a lot. I don't know. Like, the jazz guy could probably explain it better, but it's like, there's oh, like a meme. Your drums like, are super jazzy. Yeah, it's like yeah. really fucking wild stuff. And like, there's a meme like math rock is just emo jazz, which like kind of is true to some extent. Yeah, so that's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> that's also, true to some team. extent. It's 100% true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, after that, you ended up joining uh, Marlonisha? Marlonisha? So that was before Best of the Worst, but that's been like oh, an on and Okay, my bad. Yeah, um, I was in like, like I was 13 when we started that band. But we we were playing with like the 20, we were like 14, 15, eventually playing with like the 22-year-old bands. Like, and I'm okay. not bragging. Into the like, big boys, I gotcha. Yeah, like co-headlining the VFW shows. I think like a Data Remembers label at the time, Indianola Records, like emailed us like, so like they, they wanted to hear demos. And then there was another label that was, we only did like two EPs, neither were two a click track. Like we were good, but like I should have played to a click and we should have been a little better to get signed, I think. Mm. But there's one label that wanted to sign us, uh, audio department. It was something like upstate New York shit, but they had distro in like Best Buy. And we always thought it was so cool. But then I remember I was talking to the guy online and he was like, so when can you start touring? And I was like, we're, we got to finish school. We're in high school. And then he was like, how old are you? And I told him, I was like, 15 or 16 and then he stopped talking to me and started talking to our older member probably thought it was illegal but, um, <laughs> yeah baby baby <laughs> but yeah, more so i guess you never did sign with him then no honestly like it's funny none of the bands i'm in uh, now it's a little different but like up until like two years ago none of the bands i'm in were ever on any label ever and like you know i'm in the bands i like believe in the music to some extent like at least that it's like different or whatever so like that would kind of prompted starting choke artists in some ways. Well, yeah. So I was going to bring that up. Um, there doesn't seem to be a lot of labels that are championing math rock. Like I can't really think of any, honestly. So, uh, yeah, it's really cool that you were able to, uh, just get started with choke artists before we get into choke artists. I just want to finish going through your bands real quick, just to set a nice sure. background for people. Um, yeah. so an angle started in 2014, right? Yeah. Hey, got one of the dates. <laughs> so uh, how'd you end up getting that stuff together so those guys i knew from playing in Marlowe, like we they played in like post-hardcore bands and shit too so they uh asked me if i would drum on their ep and i was like they asked me in the, the bassist of Marlonisha at the time um it was the two guitarists of this other local band and i was like i'll do it if you pay me because i didn't want to be in the band and then the ep came out and it was like pretty well received and like i had a good time hanging with those dudes so we, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll still play. This is cool. And okay, so you were a studio drummer to start out with. I was trying to be, yeah. Like, <laughs> so I, I think I told him, like, give me 50 bucks to play on fucking five songs. Dude, bag secured. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah. So um, that, that's how that, that band started. Um, and the bassist was a guy, like, you know, we all, a lot of us, I'm, I'm still in New Brunswick. I'm, like, a little bit outside of New Brunswick, New Jersey. It's like a college town. So we were running basement shows like and like all of our bands played together. So we had a good like community and a good scene of people that were like down with the similar types of music at that time. Oh, that's sick. Uh, it's cool that you could be around people and like and, you know, physically like I can't even think of anybody that listens to the same. Well, there's a couple of people that listen to the same music I do, but it's kind of sparse around. You. That's cool. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm, I'm grateful for that, man. It was really cool. And it was like. 2009 2010 when we were doing like basement shows i mean really from like 2009 to like 14 or whatever but like coming out of high school 
going to community college and like having all those people, like we're all like, yo, have you heard Terra Mellos or like this town needs guns or like Vale of Maya, dude, like all that shit. Like, so it, it, it was cool. I'm like definitely stoked that I had that experience. That's fucking sick. Uh, so you joined in village in 2015 and uh, I, I guess he just decided he was sick of doing programming all this shit himself and wanted to get real people involved. So I, uh, I had like a resolution to do one drum cover a week and I didn't do it. I did maybe like six, but the seventh one was like the, an invalid song. I knew Pete lived in New Jersey. I liked the band. So I was like, I wonder if I cover a song, if I could one day convince this guy to like jam and like, maybe we could play shows, you know? So I did one on electric drums. It was like a six minute song. No, I had no sheet music, no tabs. I did it by ear. Like I'm literally like, there's a really intricate symbol and hi-hat part. It's for the song, um, it's a pipe bomb jabriath for any people that know invalids. Um, there's like some real wacky shit. Cause again, he's just typing zeros and ones into the computer. So he's like, oh, this sounds cool. But then I'm like trying to learn it and it's like fucked up. You get all um, tangled up and shit. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so, like, it really, uh, you have to like open up your stickings as a drummer. Uh, so I learned it by ear, literally by like sitting in front of the speaker, like just starting it over and starting it over, especially this one section of it. I had to like turn the treble all the way up so I could hear like the cymbals and all that. So I do this cover and then he's like, cool, do this one and maybe we can start playing. So then I did a second one like four months later. Nice. And we all, we all started kind of getting together. Did you charge him 50 bucks as well? No, I should have. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. Insane Freaking Chat says, hey, Joe, sick podcast. Glad I could find his channel. Um, ask him about the issues with cascading home and in angles. Jesus Christ. Fuck. God damn it. Uh, I just went on a podcast. Oh, it was with Insane Freak. It was with the same dude. Yeah. Uh, we brought it up. But um, that's one of the full legs fine angles that we just didn't like it after. Um, we learned a lot about like how to be a band after that, I think. And we're a lot better now. But it was a lot of like, it's a very opinionated band. And it's like very like best idea wins, which is cool. It's like, it's four, four dudes and it's like, all right, what's the best thing to do? Like, and like, why? So like, it's cool. But then like, when you get into the process of like recording and notes and shit, it like got like a lot of like back and forth. We were working with an engineer that we weren't vibing with. Then we went back to our old guy. And then like, at that point we lost the steam about like being excited about the songs. Mm. Excuse me. We were told that we were going to be on like the cover of alternative press. Really? <laughs> we were, we were never, we were never, but like someone very optimistically was like, we're going to like try to make you guys a very big band. And um, it's not even like a knock to that person. It's just like the album wasn't good. And like, we didn't want to tour because we had jobs, you know? So it was just like, it was a nice reality check for us. I can say. So why did you put it out then if you didn't like it? And the label, we, it was already being promoted. It was like this whole thing. And like, at that time we were like, this is the best it's going to be. Let's get it out. And then like got fucking roasted a lot. Not, I mean, some people still say, like insane freak shout out, um, told me that it's their favorite album by an angle. So some people still like it. Yeah. He said um, it here, uh, despite that it's an amazing album still. Thank you. It's very nice. <laughs> um, so, you know, it just, we, we, we kind of, I don't know. We got gassed up too much by, we gassed ourselves up. You know, we learned a lot, you know? So so you're involved in one other project, uh, Thirsty Guys. So yes. uh, tell me a little bit about that. Um, so me and the so the best of the worst is like our core, our ska core band, and we, uh, me and three, me and two of the other members made this ska punk band, Thirsty Guys. It started with like my roommate Cheech, who plays in the best of the worst. 
he sent me a demo and he was like, dude, check this out. Check out the song I wrote. And it was like very cool. It was, you know, I love ska. I can show you my ska tattoo. <laughs> I saw that in a picture on, online. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, but I was like, yo, let me write to this. And I was like delivering bread at the time. So I would, uh, I just listened to it on a loop and like wrote lyrics and then we recorded it. We sent it to our friend, Mike, who runs a ska label. That's like very like relevant to like, there's a, there's a whole new wave of ska. Like you have, you have all those fucking old dudes and all the old bands, right? Like less than Jake, real big, you know, like, and it's like ska has been associated with their name for the longest time. But in the past, like two to three years, like there's like this new wave of ska punk, whatever you want to call it. And our, our friend, Mike runs a label called bad time records. And like, he volunteered to put put that record out and then after that it was like well we got to play shows and like try to be like some kind of band so yeah so it's fun it's fun i sing and i play keys i literally like dude it's like almost professional wrestling like i fucking jump on my keyboard i kick it and shit like have a good time (laughs) that's awesome yeah thanks man you know you think of a ska band and you think like you know and no disrespect but like nerds like you think like Shitty. You think of like what, how they'd be portrayed like as a joke. And it's like, we wanted to bring like grit, like almost like Kid Dynamite, no effects, like melodic punk and like the ska punk that we like. And like, we try to do shit like that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you did talk about how uh, you got members from uh, the best of the worst from your uh, marching band. So uh, I the nerds think I just sticks. <laughs> we're trying to shake it. We're trying to shake that. We're, we're actually cool. You know, we're not, we're not cool. <laughs> so why call your label choke artist records so why start a label to begin with how about we start with that why start a label to begin with i guess going back to uh the what i was talking about with that basement scene that we had and like the band i was playing marlo nisha was you know this is like six years after the vfw days marlo broke up after that like metalcore boom and that kind of reformed as like a progressive almost like Russian circles with like math rock type thing. And like, we were, we were doing well. And like, we had this click, not click, but like community of people. So we started, I started putting out CDs. I always kind of wanted to do some kind of label. I had no idea how to do any of it. Um, I'm getting better every fucking like month. I'm like learning more, but I've always been like very rooted in DIY, like with the best of the worst, when we were touring, I would book the tours DIY. Like we were, we got to see, like DIY scenes and like people doing it themselves, booking tours, putting out records, you know? So we, I've kind of like always had this like punk ethos, like, fuck it. Like don't wait for someone to come do anything in, okay. in high school. It was always like, how do I get my band signed? How do I get my band signed? Like, what do I do? Like I would literally check record labels and like click like contact form. Like, Oh, can I just want to, I don't know if I needed the validation, but I think it was more like, I want to do this for my living. You know, I want to do this as my job. Right. Like you think that you have to get signed in order to like make a living or whatever. Yeah, for sure. And that's changed a lot in the past 10 years. You know, mm-hmm. you can be self-sufficient and like, don't get me wrong. Labels can still help a lot. And like, even the projects I'm in, if we ever got a, like a good enough record label offer, we would probably take it. You know, it's just like, we stopped trying to like do that. And like, we just want to do bands at our own pace i guess but um we started doing choke artists 2012 with like cds and shows and stuff like we would just run shows i've always kind of run shows too just from booking diy tours and all that so um kind of this all went hand in hand with like a all-in-one i guess package and then eventually we started doing vinyl so 
that's kind of, I think what elevated it to a new thing where it wasn't like put, no one gives a shit about CDs, right? Like, uh, you know, I actually was reading an article that said, uh, CD, uh, CD sales went up like 1.1% last year or some shit. So maybe okay. they're starting to come back. I don't fucking know, dude. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I enjoyed uh, uh, less now, but I did enjoy like opening a CD, reading the liner notes, listening to an album, like right. seeing who the band thanks, like when back when there was like no internet or like very limited. Internet, oh, yeah, that's how you would band. find other bands is who they thanked. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. Shout out CDs. Everyone go buy some CDs. <laughs> uh, but, um, Lefty yeah, Zach says in this day and age, do you think a band can be viable without touring, just having an online presence and playing locally? Yeah. Because if like a TikToker can do it, like why, why couldn't that band, you know? Right. As far as like being some kind of viable job. Yeah, do you have to sacrifice integrity at some point to be like super online? I do. Like personally, me, whenever I try to post too much, I like feel like I'm not, I'm not happy. I'm on my phone too much. So anything's possible. Like there's literally like no rules for anything anymore. I don't think. Right. And it takes a lot of dedication to like be uh what do you call it? Um, just being like online and being a successful band. Like, and you have to have a lot of luck too. like, you know, like there's a it's lot hard. of people that they can't do it. There's so much good music out there, you know? It's just, you have to just keep making it for an extended amount of time, Right. you know? You might not get discovered until, like, four albums in, you know? It's 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 hard. It, there's, like, an oversaturation now, which is cool because there's a lot of music, but it's harder, I guess, for people to stick out or, like, you know, get noticed. So what do you find... Uh is the best medium for like selling stuff would it be cds vinyl or i don't know if you do merch but i'm pretty sure you do right yeah um, what would be the best what's the best thing for you i feel like vinyl was has been the most consistently if you're stoked on a band and you want a piece of like tangible media to represent it and you like listening to it vinyl has been what has sold the most for me in the past five to six years right i don't I, we sell like hat, like choke artist hats. Those sell pretty well too. Like people that want to like rep the label or, or whatever. Um, band, band, band tees go too. band tees sell. Um, I'm always thinking of like new ideas for merch, but it's kind of, I don't know. It's what, hard. What, it's hard to go yeah, with ideas. What do you do? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, so what do you look for in a potential band? Um, I, I don't know. I have to like it. <laughs> I'm sure hard... you've turned some other bands down that would fit on here, right? So, like, why, why would you turn them down? Um, I think about the cost. And this is more when I, I've, I've shifted my mindset about doing choke artists in the past year or two. Honestly, it's it's been from seeing a lot of newer DIY labels do it better than me. But, like, I think I was too much thinking in the past, like, if I put out this record, what could it do for the label? And it wasn't like, what could it do for me financially? It was just like, yeah, this could give my label more exposure. And then, you know, give all the bands that I love. Cause in my head, I'm like, all these bands that I work with deserve to be very well-known, you know, or more well-known. So I'm like, if you find one, you're of course going to see this choke artist logo and like find all these other bands. Cause that, that's what I would do. But like, I, I used to think more like that, like what could putting this record out do? And now I think more like, what could I do for this band putting out their record? How can I really help make it more special? Is there a core of people that follow choke artists now? I think it's some, I would argue that it's like less than a hundred people that are like 50 people that are super dedicated to everything. But I'm like stoked that there's some people that are like, yo, I like some of the shit this label puts out. I'm going to like keep my ear peeled to it and see 
what this guy puts out. So I, I still, when I, when I look at a band, I just see like, I still old fashioned, like, can they tour? If this went up for pre-order, could I help it sell at least 50 records or like 60 records? Cause it's a lot of money doing vinyl, dude. You're doing right. vinyl now. Well, I mean, if you're just trying to sell 50 or 60 records, like that doesn't even pay you back yet. <laughs> no, but it's at least, if you can do 50 or 60 in pre-orders, then that means like over time, there's enough hype. Your music's, you know, not, I don't want to say good enough, but like people will find your album. Then we can move like another 40 or 50 over like a year or two, you know? Okay. Okay. So you're doing vinyl now, right? Yeah. How's, how's it's taken forever, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's everyone. Dude. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be like eight months after I ordered. Yeah. Something like that. Eight to 10 months or something after I ordered. Uh, it should be in February. Oh, fuck yeah. That's not too far away. Um, let's see here in the chat. Uh, uh, Insane Freak says, Choke Artist Booty Shorts Win. <laughs> uh, Feet Freak says, Biggest Heads Get Signed. I'm not really sure what that means, but okay. Um, yeah, I mean, no, that's a, very, that's a good theory where you can look at a picture of the band and you could see how big their heads are in the picture. And then the bigger their heads, the more records they sell. It's it's worked. It works because they make more intricate music and then people will gravitate to it. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, straight up. Big heads. If you have a big head, contact me, please. Uh, let's see. Um, what about a choke artist choker? I mean, who's wearing that though? That's like some, cyber that's some stuff right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe like choke artist record socks. Maybe you could show me your feet, and I could use them as a. Oh, okay, as a telephone locker. Okay. <laughs> I'm not showing my feet. I'm not showing my feet. Why his name is feet? Disgusting right, person. Okay, that was a. Uh, that was different. It's oh. okay. <laughs> it's very flattering. So, what's it like running a label? Like, what's the day to day stuff? Um. Lately, I've been in a good groove of getting shit, being like somewhat proactive where like I have a set mail order day where it'll be me and one of my roommates, Ernie, or like my girlfriend, Caitlin, like we'll pack records like for the week. So I'm, I'm getting like anywhere between, I would say, eight to 25 orders, oh, eight to 20, you know, especially when nothing new is out. It's like eight to 20, pretty steady through like, That's good. I have, like the, it's, it's not bad. There's a lot of records I put out and. Half of it's through Bandcamp. Like I can list vinyl on the Bandcamp. So there's not as many people going to the store as I'd like. I would like it to be more people like just going to the Joe Artist store, but it's still working. I'm, records are still moving pretty okay. Right. Um, so we spend like two to three hours doing however many orders for that week. Sometimes it's an hour, you know, it really depends. Um, email shit if I have to, like I'm booking some tours now and we're, I'm sending two records out. So just like been following up with that, like texting and shit. And um, I guess that's really it. Like listening to music. I don't know if that counts as like fucking like work. I, guess, I guess it's part of it. Yeah. Trying to do being your A&R. Yeah. 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 Um, but that's really it. Like there's a mail order day. There should be a social media post day. And I've like tried to do two posts a week. I've tried to do one. I just, I don't know if I can do anything. Like I just post when I can make it something or like want to plug something, but I, I'm not a, you know, and, and it's, it's okay. I'm fine not being it, but I have a hard time like making content. The camera on my phone was broken for five months. It was literally wobbly. So I couldn't like make posts. <laughs> I had my roommate or my girlfriend take pictures. I don't know. I'm, I'd, I'd like to think I try to make one post a week. It used to be th spend three hours a week doing the podcast. 
too, which there's a choke artist podcast that was like semi-regularly done and it still will be semi-regularly done. I think it's going to be for me more like just when I want to do it, which is the worst way to do a podcast. Like, Oh, this guy's talking again. But if there's a cool guest or an album being released, like I'll probably do it still. But um, I gave you a lot of credit. I was saying this before, but for doing this so consistently, like it's a big task that I think people don't realize. Oh, it is. Yeah. It, it takes up a good amount of time. <laughs> no, it's almost like another band, like as far as like the, the time, you know? Right. No. Yeah. It, it, it takes a while to uh, get here. I think it's like, I don't know, at least three hours an episode, probably something like that. And then it's like listening to the bands and stuff before time and such. You know? Yeah. Making clips, doing all the clips and stuff. Yeah. Try it like, especially like i play in bands that are on choke artists so it's like i'll post from the band post from choke artists post from the personal twitter instagram by the time i get to facebook i'm like i don't fucking care find it or don't i don't have it in me to post this on facebook and get like six interactions like it's hard dude facebook Facebook fucking got ruined man have you ever uh, thought of getting an assistant um i don't know i i I feel like it's like your next thing is like getting someone to help you out because you got a lot of shit going on. It could be cool, honestly. Even just someone to like help guide the social media posts and like the sales and stuff, it would probably help. Like I put, I don't, I don't know why, but like I was very anti-sales for a while. Like I'm not putting anything on sale. Like everything was really cheap for a while. I was selling record LPs for thirteen dollars. Oh Jesus! And, then, like, and like, and that was like 2013. Um, it was the band Feral Lux, which they're a sick mathy post. Oh yeah, they're fucking dope. Yeah, we put out their first LP and um, I was like, yeah, 13 is good. And like, yeah, we just have to sell 200 to break even shit like that. So now it's it got bumped to 16 and now I've been doing 20 and like it hasn't affected anyone. No one's complained. But um, I, I forget the point I was making, but I guess it's like kind of viable now where I can like pay someone to help a little bit. Like there, there's at least some money being made or someone might just want to help. Right. If my, my girlfriend has offered many times. I think the problem is too, I'm a control freak. I'm like, well, I mean, if they run the social media, like, do you care what they say only really? I don't, I, don't, I don't think I really do. No, I don't know. So, so the point I was making, sorry, is like sales. Like I did a sale for a record and it like, it sold like at least like 12 recently. I put like the most LP on sale for a day. Like this is on sale for one day for $10. You're fucking up if you don't own this record. And like, it moved a bunch and I was like, oh, I should like try to market this music, right? But it just feels gross sometimes. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> I don't think it's gross at all, man. You know? Yeah. I have this like two I have to have this like conundrum where I'm like I think I'm too punk or like too cool to like give a shit. So I don't know. Nah, fuck that shit, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you gotta make some money or something, right? Like, you don't want to get like some shitty job at like a grocery store or some shit. Like, I guess you're a fucking teacher, so you won't get something like that. But like, you know what I mean? Like, this is your dream, right? Make you know, make a living doing your dream. You know, that'd be fucking. I'm sick. trying to, and especially at least for a service to the bands I work with, I'm trying to right. do them more right now. You know? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Especially because you're getting like bigger bands on and stuff too. You know? Like it's, a snooze is a big one. Uh, yeah, you, you got a couple ones coming. In invalids oh, yeah. is big bands. Well, there's that too. Floral, florals is like a like top seller for sure. Um, right. We did the standards first EP. Excuse me, sorry. Um, yeah, stand. Uh, you know, there, there's been a ton of stuff that's all done like pretty solid. But oh yeah, I'm just like I'm happy that I could like just help out and like do this shit. And it's like 
cool to bring more people in that are down with it, you know? So Hell yeah. it's going okay. Um, it's been a, it's been a slow growth, I'd say. Insane Freak but, says that he'll do your social media for you. To hit oh, him up. What a nice guy. <laughs> uh, so are you cool with like your bands screaming? Because it seems like most of your bands don't scream. Um, it, yeah, the best of the worst screams. You just might have not got to a track, but there's like some punk hardcore okay, shit. Okay, okay. All screaming. In Angles, they're screaming on the new record too. I, it might be like a little less, but there's still some screaming. Invalid's you want it mostly clean though. I don't, I like whatever's cool. I think um, for them too, they think more in a singer's voice and they're like, well, this part needs a scream. So now we'll do it. But I think for an angles, maybe screaming isn't their default because they can both sing. Hmm. So if it fits the music, they'll scream. But I think they do tend to sing more. And Invalids, Pete used to scream on the old stuff and on the new stuff, he screams again. And it's fun. It kind of gives it like a scramsy, like it just like kind of amplifies everything. So what's like the heaviest you're willing to go like for a band on your label? Oh, I don't give a shit. If it's cool, it's it's cool as far as like, you know, all the stuff I was saying before about like putting out a record that I think I could help elevate. I do think you're like, I kind of got pigeonholed into math rock a little bit. <laughs> you um, absolutely did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've done some punk hardcore at seven inches too. There's this band sick shit from Jersey. They were like power violence, like punk hardcore and this band gel. They were like a metally hardcore band, like a dark metal band or whatever. So we've, we've done some stuff like that. I think the problem was, is that now my, my network, right. But like the bands I've worked with, it's like this circle of math rock bands. And now, trying to kind of branch out, which I, which I am trying to do. I'm trying to work with some bands that are not by the book math rock that can kind of help where like, if you like post hardcore metal core, you might like this math rock album or this shit, but I, I don't know. It's uh, it definitely now that there's like some kind of core who's like into math rock or whatever. It's like, I want to like make sure they hear shit that they like, but it's also like, I want to, if they're open-minded, which chances are, if you right, like, slowly not, open it up more and more. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I got you. I know some bands actually you might want to. I want to get into contact that probably fit you. Oh, fuck yeah, dude, for sure. Um. Oh, so yeah, why call the label Choke Artist? Like, it doesn't really make sense, I guess. I don't know where did that come from. It's a great question. I was definitely just in County College, doodling in a book, ripping edibles before class, and like just being like. Yeah, let's call it. It's a record label, but it doesn't have records at the end. That's like a great way, right, to market something. It just fucking confuses people, dude. People have no idea. And I meant more be, the choking part, and like your logo is like a guy, or like a C getting choked. <laughs> yeah, I think also like kind of. It's funny going back into like how I like grew up on like underdog shit, like being a fuck up, but like it's okay. It kind of fits like that, like self deprecating shit. Um, but. I don't know. It should, it should have been called something else probably, but I thought it was like a cool name to, I also like used to have this stupid idea that it was like a collective, which I don't even know what that means, but I was like, Oh, it's not a label. Like me, like my fucking galaxy brain being like, whatever, trying to like break the mold. But um, it's definitely a record label. I just, you, it choke artist records. I just, it's, I don't know. feels too greasy to me. It's like a nickel and diamond people. <laughs> Oh, I was more wondering about like the choking part, but I guess you don't really have an answer for that. You just thought it was no. Cool. I just thought it was. It sounded cool because like I wanted something with like artist in it or like something that didn't say records. You know, uh-huh. 
So then it was this choke artist and then it just stuck. My friend drew the, the label and now that's what it is. And now when people, if any press ever covers me and says choke artist records, I make fun of them publicly. So that's, that's how I've been handling it. <laughs> Wait, what? You made fun of like people covering you? Like, no, I'll just like usually screenshot it and play like the, the Curb Your Enthusiasm theme song or something <laughs> um, like on, a, on an Instagram. Just being, just having fun online. Okay, okay. That's okay. all harmless. Uh, Thomas James McMaster says, would you ever start an imprint for other kinds of music not associated with math? It, so imprint is just like another branch of your label, right? Like yeah, using yeah. the utilities of your label. Yeah, it's kind of like how Zegama Beach has like Toon Tree Records and yes. and stuff, so, something like that. Yeah. Also, that dude's a fucking legend. Oh yeah, he's crazy. Screamo shit. That's so awesome. It was I I checked out the last episode with him. It was really cool. But um, I don't know. I would probably try to blanket it all under Choke Artist and hope that it sticks. There is like a weird thing now because I've done I did the last Best of the Worst LP, which is Scott Court. I did it as a co-release with Bad Time Records. So now there's like a a pocket of ska people that follow me and then they probably see the shit I'm posting like this isn't ska what is this but I think that's cool you should be open-minded to music you never want to pigeonhole into one genre so I, I would probably try to keep it all a choke artist I feel like math rock's not that far away from ska I guess it is now that I'm thinking about it but I don't know I feel like all your stuff has kind of like a similar tone to it you know like more light and more like fun type of stuff yeah I try to yeah I like like fun shit i like heavy stuff too i just think like for heavy music there's already so many great labels doing it yeah where math rock i feel like is i don't want to say undiscovered but it's like for math rock for a long time it was just like oh so you're waiting to get signed to top shelf records like everyone's just that's like the the light at the end of the tunnel you get signed to top shelf you're on the same label as fucking toe drafts drafts all these sick enemies rooftops all these sick bands that like help define the genre from like 2010 on or whatever but it's like, you know, they were also, they're a real record label. It's not even a knock to them, but it's like, sometimes the deals they offer, like they need to get paid too, where it's like, for me, when I sign a band, right. And I put it in quotes, I don't take any of the money digitally. I don't take any digital revenue. We just like do a percentage on vinyl where I take a percentage and I like, I do merch. So it's like, it's not even super viable as a business. It is kind of at least breaking even most of the time now, but it's, um, I don't know. I feel like I wasn't offering enough for a band to take their money digitally. Mm. So I, I wasn't, I was just doing like, maybe, maybe down the line, if like it's a well-oiled machine, I'd be like, yeah, give me like 5% of the Spotify royalties on this album. And that's, you know, that's 20 bucks a month or whatever. And that adds up to something. Right. But um, yeah, I guess no, I, I just, like your approach more about like, you know, taking a percentage of like merchandise sales and stuff like that. I think that's really a, like, it's more fair, you know what I mean? If I was getting signed by a label, that's something that I would be trying to look for. You know, it's like, I didn't write the music, so what the fuck do I have any business taking money in the music, you know? That yeah. being said, the, the music industry is, like, eating shit, like, badly, where it's like, to be a record label, most take some kind of digital cut, you know? Yeah, so. that's true. That's true. A lot of the bigger ones uh, definitely definitely do. Yeah, but it's worth It's At their level, it's worth it, because they'll put you on these tours... Right, and they're good at like getting your name out and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, it's tricky. You ever think about hooking up with like a uh, publicist or anything like that? Someone um, that can get your bands and blogs and things. I don't know. Uh, some have emailed me, and they had like good resumes, and I was like, 
I don't know. We've done record. I've done records where bands have paid a publicist like a thousand bucks and they paid for it. I was like, dude, like if you want to do this, go for it. I, I'm a big believer in like organic growth, like having a solid core of fans and listeners. Cause at the end of the day, you see fucking 20, you know, 20 headlines from revolver a, a week or whatever, like you or anything, but it's just like it to me, press sometimes feels like, Oh, look, it's almost like a trophy on a band shelf. Like, Ooh, look, we were on this. Right. Yeah, I think the best press is when you earn it, you have a general buzz around your band and then the press comes to you. They're like, what the fuck is up with this band? Everyone's talking about it. Like we should cover them to get clicks to our site. But when you're paying to be featured, it's almost like, I don't know. It it seems kind of backwards to me. You know, the the press should be reporting on what's relevant and happening. They shouldn't be reporting on what a label paid them 200 bucks to report about, you know? Right. Or like the new Metallica song or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Something stupid. You know, but it's also like, is there a new Metallica song? I don't fucking know. I'm just like, they (laughs) only talk about these old bands and like, you know. Yeah. Everyone's scrambling to be relevant. You know, it's really hard. And it's like, don't get me wrong. There's definitely labels that work with fucking amazing bands and they'll pay a publicist and it still works great because everyone fucking loves the band. Mm. You know, there's, there still is that option. It's like, there's no right or wrong way to do anything. But like, for me, like, I, I don't even want to say ethically, but like, just what I believe is like, you don't need to do that shit a lot of the time, you know? Right. No, I got you, man. Uh, sometimes that kind of stuff can be, uh, um, not worth like the effort of like paying someone and so like it it seems like it's cool you're in like this big blog or whatever but then nothing really comes of it you know yeah you get some traffic i guess but like dude also like i'm just a guy with a fucking day job so what do i know well no like uh i mean you know i make music and stuff uh one of my singles was actually premiered on revolver and it didn't do anything really like <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I mean, I'm just saying that, like, I, I've been there, and like, if you don't have someone that is really good at getting your stuff out in the front, then it's not really worth it. Yeah, it's t- it's definitely because there's so many people out there, dude. There's right. so many people trying to get paid. There's so many artists trying to get heard. It's like it's really tricky. So, yeah, I had no idea that you, I wasn't even saying revolver like as a fuck you. I just had. Oh, no, 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 not at all, man. That, well, that's like the uh, uh, one of like the the big ones that people go for. So you know, like, yeah, uh, that's probably what came to your mind. So, uh, what's in the future for Choke Artist? So last year there was like maybe two releases. It was pretty slow with COVID, and I think with learning invalids and in angles, like recording in angles. So I didn't. We didn't put a lot out. This year, there's going to be at least like six or seven releases. Jesus Christ. That's Possibly more. <laughs> yeah. And I'm scrambling because it's like plants are so fucked that it all has to get in by April. So I'm like I'm but summer. There's some represses, too. So hopefully the turnaround time's faster for represses because the plates are already made for the record. That's I like, don't know if it's the plate so much like uh, I'm getting my shit pressed right. And uh, the plant literally told me they were out of the color blue like in oh November God. and they just got it in. Holy shit! Yeah, and, and, and you had pre-orders, and people paid to have a blue record, right? Or record yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's so weird. But yeah. uh, a mess. Supply <laughs> chains fucked. Yeah, it's like there's so many things. But um, yeah. Hope hopefully those represses are a little faster. <laughs> oh man, now I'm nervous. <laughs> 
But yeah, so uh, you got the new uh, In Angles album coming out. Uh, kind of that was that was announced already. And when's that coming out? Uh, February twenty second. Okay, awesome, man. And uh, I don't know if you said it on here, so I don't want to say it. But did you have did you have anything else coming up that you wanted to mention? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, there's a we're doing a pressing of the first uh, two bobbing albums. So check that out. It, the guy was in Feed Me Jack. It's like electronic. It's really cool, like experimental music. And then new Invalids LP. That's a, yeah. Yeah, that's what <laughs> you did mention it on here. Actually, now I'm thinking about it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm fucking happy yeah. that one. Dude, thank you. It's uh, I like it a lot, honestly. I think it's more uh, fun. I like having it's more fun music. Where fulfillment to me, I listen to it and I'm like, this sounds like work. Like it sounds like my brain has to do work to listen. The new shit I can like listen to. I'm like, no, this is pretty, it's fun. It's still work, but it's like fun work at least, you know? Oh, yeah. Insane That's Freak says, uh, so hyped for new in angles and uh, invalids. Why do yeah. both of your bands have N on the front of it? The front of the I have no idea. I didn't pick the names for either. I just kind of <laughs> fell into that. So, well, did you decide to be in them because it says N on the front of it? <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's a requirement. <laughs> so, uh, what's the best show you've played in a band? Best? Are we talking like. Crowd. Whatever you define as, as best. It could be like the biggest crowd. It could be like the best uh, interaction you've had with the crowd. You know. I mean, one of my favorite shows I ever played was to like almost to no one. And it was on a tour where I was like, fucking nothing matters. I'm going to play as hard as I can and like just have fun. And it was like a Fuck lot yeah. of fun. And it was like very cathartic. And like I needed it for sure. Um, there's been a lot of cool basement shows like in this town that all the bands I'm in have done. Like the New Brunswick basement scene has like fostered like a lot of a lot of bands like came up here like fucking thursday dead guy was like a new brunswick band my chem played here a lot like bouncing souls so there's there's like a cool history here and like i've had a lot of sick fucking shows where it's like people packed in everyone's like having a good hang um arc tangent was cool invalids played arc tangent and oh UK. that's sick that was that was a trip we did a whole uk tour um it was uh it was wild because it was you know we're playing our candidate was huge but all the other shows are like maybe 100 to 200 cap rooms That's sometimes less cool. sometimes like a practice space but like and anything's cool obviously like i'm no standard but like we're road dogging it in the uk so it's like it's like road dogging in the u.s but i don't have a phone <laughs> and uh i don't know i don't think i brought this up i have crohn's disease and it's uh it's like a stomach disease and i i got sick in the uk because i didn't like not really sick where I needed to go to the hospital, but like, I didn't know what to eat. I was just like getting wrecked by UK food all the time, like <laughs> eating pretzels and like fucking tuna with mayonnaise and shit. So yeah, I don't know. Like the show, it was really awesome to go to the UK. I would do that so differently if I ever had to go again, because I, I don't want to get sick. Then I, I feel like it. most people would get wrecked by UK food. It's I'm just throwing good. that out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't like it, dude. It sucks. <laughs> What's the uh, worst show you've played? Uh, wait, can I can I tell a story? It's Dude, not a show. Uh, Invalids did Audio Tree. And oh, nice. This goes back to the yeah. It was it was all it was really cool being there. But this goes back to me having Crohn's. Uh, this was like four years ago. It was the point where I was really sick. I was really fucking sick. Mm. Uh, I was like, I was also like microdosing acid too and like eating fast food every day. And I think it just, it like fucked my body up like tremendously. Um, but I ate like a burrito on the way to audio tree 
And then I was just throwing up all night. I had videos on my phone of my stomach, like protruding out of my body. Like it looks like a hernia almost from my intestines being blocked. I'm like forcing myself to throw up. It sucked, dude. And then I had to like play audio train. Like I'm, our friend Vanessa was there and she's like, dude, you looked gray. Like after playing, like you could tell like you were sick. So like we did audio train, like I'm like sick, like very sick. So that was probably the worst thing musically I ever had to do. God damn, dude. Because it's also like, it was so much pressure. Like, you know, in, in hindsight, it was just like, have fun and like, be good. But like, it was like, this is the moment audio tree, you know, like we have right. to bring it. And like, I'm like, I'm like hurt. I watched a session. I watched it like a couple of years ago. And I was like, I'm hurting here. Like it's, you know, it sounds fine. People have said it sounds good, but I'm like, I can just see it on my face. I'm like, how did I, why did I do that? You know, That's so that was a rough one. Well, I mean, I was going to ask what your worst show was, but I guess it's that then, or do you have something that could beat that? Um, Worst show, maybe one time in Angles played Montreal. We drove to Montreal. We played to literally two or three people, like including the promoter. Cause I think Coheed was there that night. And also like, you know, we don't draw. We, at that point it was like, it was longer ago. So maybe now if we played, it would be more, I don't fucking know. But um, again, it's DIY. We're not like hitting up like big promoters and on these package tours. It's like, it's, it's hard to crack DIY as a band. Like that sounds like an Angles kind of. So we played to two or three people in Montreal in some kind of hall. Um, I drove overnight from Montreal, like literally straight. I just fucking drove through the night. We got home like 7 a.m. I slept for four hours. We load our gear and amps and drums into a basement in New Brunswick. It's like fucking shitty and raining. We play in New Brunswick to maybe five people. So like those two shows back to back, dude, it was like disheartening. It was rough. Uh, Insane Freak says my favorite in angles show was when they played at an arcade in New York with Adventure and Kurt Travis. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. That one, it was cool. We we did a little. Kurt Travis took us out on tour. That was the first tour we did as a band. Oh, nice. Like he he helped us a lot in the beginning, put our band on to people and shit. And that that's awesome. We'll always like really appreciate him for that. But that that was a fun tour for sure. Oh yeah, man. Well, uh, what's your uh? Oh, we'll wrap this up with your album of the year. Album of the year that's not a choke artist release. Um, I, I, Insane Freak knows my answers already, but I, I really liked the new, I liked, I loved Ultra Pop, like really fucking cool record. I loved Glow On. Um, album that came out last year I really liked was New Age Filth by Hail the Sun. It's like a post-hardcore album. Hmm. Um, I've heard of the it, band name, but I don't think I've actually heard that release before. Dude, it's pretty good. I mean, it's it's not super heavy, but it's like at least post-hardcore and they do it their own way and it's shreddy enough and melodic enough where, where I really thought it was cool. I think it was like one of the best things that band's done. And especially for like that kind of music, I feel like it falls in this pigeonhole a lot of time where it's just like every band trying to sound like DGD or something. So they're a band that does their own thing. I really like that album. And then probably some Scott, some Scott albums too. Whatever uh, Bad Time Records put out last year, I had a heavy rotation as well. Bad Time Records gave you some good times. Yeah, good time records, baby. <laughs> well, it's uh, about all I had to talk about. Unless you had something else you wanted to bring up? Uh, no, dude. This was awesome. Thanks so much, man. Yeah, thanks for hanging out, man. Uh, where can people find you, and what are your, like your links and stuff? Um, 
So Choke Artist NJ on social media. I have a drum YouTube and a drum Instagram that I'm like at least posting on semi-regularly now. Now that the Invalids album is done and like I can make music on my own again. Um, Joe Scala drums. So check that out if you want to see me play the drums. Choke Artist NJ on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, there's a website and all that, but it's all linked on the Instagram and Twitter. So you can find it through there. Okay. And then uh, you have choke artists on like all the different platforms. Invoids is on all the different platforms, and so is In Angles. Except In Angles isn't on Facebook, right? No, we are. Yeah. Oh, you are. Okay, I couldn't find you. The, the tag you. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, as for me, drop my channel follow so you always know when I go live. You can also sub to get access to the interviews before they hit YouTube and other streaming services, as well as some exclusive emotes. Uh. You can uh, find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. YouTube folks, if you like the video, please drop a like, tickle the notification bell. Do not forget to subscribe. It's a great way to support me for free. Check out my music, The Sound That Ends Creation, at soundthatendscreation.bandcamp.com. My new album, Boomers, Zoomers, Desperate Coomers, is out now. Uh, my next guest is... Uh, I didn't write it down on here. Um, it's Hardcore Keem, a uh, music influencer, a uh, Twitch streamer. Uh, join us this Sunday, the 16th. Yep, the 16th at 7 p.m. Central for the live cast. Thanks for being here, Joe. Hope you had a good time. Dude, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And thank you guys for watching and listening.